Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and yes, here it is. We have arrived. We are now on YouTube. We've expanded to YouTube. You can still get the Locked On Giants podcast over on Odyssey, Apple, uh, Google Play, wherever you get your audio podcast. But now we're just moving over to YouTube where I'm going to have my guests come on as well. Uh, I'm going to do some graphical stuff, just some cool things to kind of change things up and take the podcast to a whole new level. So I hope you will consider subscribing to the podcast and clicking that little bell uh, so that you get notifications as to when I have new episodes, updates, and all kinds of cool things here on the Lockdown Giants podcast YouTube channel. So anyway, today is Monday, August 9th. The New York Giants are gearing up for a very busy week, which will see the scrimmage on Wednesday during the Fan Fest. It will also see their first preseason game coming up Saturday against the New York Jets. So as we get into the week, a little later on this week, we will talk about all that. But first, as I did last week, what I want to do on today's show is I want to do a risers and fallers episode. So I'm going to talk about a couple guys who really stood out for one reason or another. And I'm going to talk about a few guys who didn't stand out for one reason or another. So we're going to jump right into it. And by the way, if you agree, disagree, make sure you put a note in the comments below and um, let me know what you think. All right. I'm going to start off with the risers rather than go back and forth and give you a riser and a faller. I'm just going to go right through the list of risers. My first riser is wide receiver CJ Board. Now, CJ Board is a guy that a lot of people don't give a second thought to. He's not really a big part of the offense. He's a guy who, you know, once in a while will get would get a pass thrown to him last year. But where CJ Board has really made the most of his opportunities is on special teams. And when we do the 53-man roster projection, you got to account for special teams, obviously. And last year, with the gunner play being so inconsistent on the punt, the punt coverage team, CJ Board brought a little bit of consistency to that unit. So you couple that and the fact that he has speed, which you know, special teams coordinator Thomas McGahey mentioned when uh, he was asked about CJ Board by me, um, what CJ Board brings to the table. And the fact that CJ Board has also been catching everything thrown his way. And I'll tell you what, I don't envy Ty Tolbert, who's the Giants wide receivers coach, and the rest of the coaches when they have to cut down this receiver group because so far this group by far is one of the most loaded position units on the team. And, um, you know, if they stay healthy, which would be my primary concern with them, this is going to be probably one of the best receiving groups that this team has ever had in recent years. And CJ board is certainly going to be, I think part of that receiving group that is going to just step up and deliver the goods. So I can't wait to see what he does in the, the upcoming week. Hopefully he stays healthy and he continues his development on special teams. All right, staying with receivers as our as we continue our list of risers, got to give a shout out to David Sills the fifth. David Sills last year, as everybody knows, 
was on his way probably to at least a, a practice squad position. But um, who knows? He might have been challenging even for a roster spot because the receiver group last year just wasn't as good as it is this year. Well, a lot of credit goes to David Sills, who this past offseason, you know, a- after rehabbing from the broken foot that he suffered in training camp last year, David Sills basically became a groupie of Daniel Jones's. And I know that sounds weird, but let me explain. By groupie, I mean, wherever Daniel Jones held a workout, there was David Sills. He was part of that group, um, getting in as many reps and building up that chemistry with quarterback Daniel Jones. And that is so important. I mean, this is a kid who was hungry. This is a kid who wants to be a part of this offense. As to what kind of role he might have, that remains to be seen because he is the tallish kind of X receiver type of guy. Um, and plus, we don't know what he can bring on special teams. So we'll have to see what he he brings, you know, in the coming week on special teams. But David Sills catching everything thrown his way, really making it hard for this Giants coaching staff to ignore him. And that's what you want to see. You want to make it difficult for the coaches. And David Sills is doing a perfect job of that. Don't go away just yet, Giant fans. Plenty more coming up on today's Locked on Giants episode. But first, get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign-up bonuses for all your sporting needs by heading over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code Locked On, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. All right, I've got one more receiver. I have to I have to do it, folks. I know I've been on the receiver kick with these risers here, but I gotta go with Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard to me has always been one of the most underrated players on the Giants team, on the Giants offense in particular. And I never understood why. This is a guy who's been an absolute maestro when it has come to finding soft spots in the zone coverage. He's a guy who plays the middle of the field fearlessly. And yes, he's had some injury issues the last couple of years. I believe he's missed 10 games over the last two seasons. But when he is out there, there you notice a difference in the passing game. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the Giants passing game is a little bit better when Sterling Shepard is out on the field as opposed to when he is not on the field. And you know, the thought was when the Giants drafted Kadarius Tony that maybe Shepard would start to be phased out. And we all know Tony got off to a slow start this summer because of, you know, landing on COVID-19. And even though he's being ramped back up and um, it looks like the worst is over, we still don't know at the end of the day how he was affected by the COVID-19 virus. That said, Sterling Shepard right now looks like he is in mid-season form. He has just really brought the goods, catching things, you know whether he's going up against veterans or rookies, he's just made a lot of guys look very foolish out there. And, um, you know, you talk about the chemistry Daniel Jones has with Darius Slayton, which is definitely a thing uh, because the two of them came in as rookies and had an opportunity to do some more work with each other. I see that chemistry also really taking on another level with Sterling Shepard and Jones. I don't know how much they worked out together in the off season, but I definitely see those two connecting more often. And like I said, when Sterling Shepard is in the lineup, 
the passing game is better than when he is not in the lineup. All right, let's keep on the skill position players. And we're going to go to get ready, folks. Sit down. This is going to surprise you. Tight end Evan Ingram. Now, look, I have said on this show many, many times, I like Evan Ingram. I think he gets a little bit of a bum rap for his shortcomings, which are not all his fault. You know, I have complained about his use in the offense or his misuse, I should say. And I think now, fingers crossed, the coaching staff has finally realized that Evan Ingram is at his best when you ask him to run away from the ball, send him up the seam, send him on the long routes, get him matched up against a linebacker or a safety. He can win those matchups. Don't have him be coming back to the ball. That's not his strength. He's he's a good athlete, but his hands are a little suspect on, on those balls that are thrown uh, where he has to come back for them. Don't ask him to block guys who are 30 pounds or more heavier than him. He doesn't do that well. He can get a chip on the guy, but don't ask him to be, you know, a Levine Tololo or a Caden Smith or a Kyle Rudolph in that regard. Those guys can take on those, those bigger body defensive ends. So Evan Ingram, you know, I get it. Last year, he had a lot of problems with drop passes. I think he led the, the uh, tight ends, as a matter of fact, or, or actually was tied with George Kittle of the 49ers for most drops last year amongst tight ends. Evan Ingram, this year, contract year for him, big year for him. He looks leaner, looks sleeker. Um, so far, so good with Evan Ingram. Now, obviously, let's see what happens when they get into the games. But, you know, fingers crossed. And I, I know people are going to say, hey, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And I know last year I thought Evan Ingram was going to have a big year. Um, actually, I, I had concerns about the foot, but, uh, you know, which I w- still wonder if that played into it. But bottom line is, I think Evan Ingram being able to finally go through an offseason where he didn't have to rehab and he could fully focus on his training. Hopefully, big things are ahead for him, but we shall see. (laughs) All right, another guy. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Another guy who has stepped up and looked pretty impressive. And this is no surprise. We kind of thought this would be the case, but let's give a shout out to Edge Aziz Ojulari. This is a guy who has taken advantage of the fact that some of the edge rushers have been sidelined with injuries. And this kid has worked against the first team, the second team. Uh, He's had a heavy workload and he has delivered the goods. I mean, he's got a quick first step. He has some pass rush moves that I think are going to Flamux um, offensive tackles. doesn't matter if he's gone against Andrew Thomas or if he's gone against Nate Solder or Matt Parrott. He's gotten the better of these guys. And I'm really excited by what Aziz Ojolari brings to the table. Now, what I need to see from him still is a little bit more consistency in the run defense. That's going to be the big difference maker. That's going to determine how much he gets on the field, because obviously if the guy can rush the passer, but not stop the run, he probably isn't going to get on the field as much as you'd like him to be. That said, what he has shown so far in run defense, more than passable for sure. So Let's see how he continues to develop in that regard. But overall, I would say very positive 
vibes coming from Aziz Ojulari as he continues to uh, build a comfort level in that defense as a pass rusher and as an overall um, defensive and outside linebacker. Okay, next guy. Uh, actually, my last riser. And disclaimer, this was a guy who I wasn't quite sure if what was going to happen with him because of the depth at his position and the fact that he was a, the last of the draft picks. And I just had questions. And by now, you're probably, you probably know I'm talking about cornerback Rodarius Williams. I figured, you know, when I put together initial 53-man roster that Rodarius Williams would probably be more of a practice squatter than he would a 53-man roster candidate because he had guys in front of him that, you know, the Giants tweaked contracts. You know, Isaac Adams' contract was tweaked. Um, you know, Sam Beal, they were getting him back, and they've always been high on him. Why? I don't know. But uh, they've always been high on him. And, uh, you know, just Madre Harper, you know, because the Giants really wanted him last year and they brought him over from the Las Vegas Raiders practice squad for his special teams play, amongst other stuff. So I just wondered, where would Rodarius Williams fit in? Well, you know what, folks, given his play the, the last couple of weeks, and especially this week, this kid is a playmaker. He's come up with multiple interceptions. He's had multiple pass breakups including one that he knocked up in the air and which um, safety Jabril Peppers was able to bring down as a interception. So Rodarius Williams, who has worked with the first team defense, has looked like he's belonged out there. And when you couple that with the fact that we really haven't seen much from Sam Beal, who I'm not telling you anything when I say, I don't think he's going to be on this roster come September. We haven't seen much from Isaac Yadam, who I'm starting to think will not be on this roster either, even though the Giants revamped his, his contract. And I think he has some, some guaranteed money, but it's not a lot of guaranteed money. So, But uh, Rodarius Williams is definitely making a push for a roster spot right now based on two weeks. I'd be surprised if he's not the last cornerback on the depth chart because he's just been that effective with his play and, and how he's approached the game. And it just hasn't been too big for him. You know, he, he welcomes the challenge. He embraces it. And it's nice to see a young man go out there and not be wide-eyed or wild out there with, you know, his play on the field and whatnot. So kudos to Rodarius Williams, who is making a strong push for a roster spot. Hey, Giant fans, plenty of content still coming up here on the Locked on Giants podcast. But did you know that 85% of the people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. That is, unless you're dealing with Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head -head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner takes all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineup ahead of time. No one else does that. Stat Hero is D. FS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. -on -one. 
So play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. That's right, they're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Okay, let's talk now about the fallers. And I have um really I, I don't have a lot here with the fallers. And some of the guys on this list, to be honest with you, I, you know, their injuries are involved, but I'll talk a little bit more about that um, as I get to the, the specifics. But Let's start off with Dante Pettis, the wide receiver slash return specialist. I think he was one of the best punt return specialists in college football history. I think he had something like nine punt returns for a touchdown. You figured that Dante Pettis would maybe have a role on this roster as a return specialist. Well, Dante Pettis hasn't been able to practice much for some reason. I don't know what the injury is or the ailment is, but he's been on the side. And I don't have to tell you that the best ability is availability. And the fact that he has not been able to get on the field as much, while John Ross, a guy who I wasn't even sure if he would make the roster because, let's face it, in his NFL career, John Ross hasn't done any special teams work, which was odd considering he did it in the University of Washington and was pretty good at it. I think he had four career punt returns for touchdowns. So John Ross, to me, if you're looking at a returner role in general, definitely ahead of Dante Pettis, who plays the same position. And John Ross can maybe give them a little bit more in terms of speed on the offense as a change of pace type of guy. Now, the big thing, obviously, with John Ross has been his health and can he stay on the field. But, hey, if he can do that, if he can put that injury bug to to bed finally, I think now you you make the case that John Ross is going to maybe edge out Dante Pettis for that uh, special teams role slash extra receiver role that the Giants like to have on the roster. All right. Up next on the list of fallers is outside linebacker Ellerson Smith, the fourth round pick that everybody, including myself, thought was going to be a steal for this Giants team. Now, here's the thing with Ellerson Smith. again. You don't want to, I don't like to to blame an injury and, and, and put a guy on the faller list necessarily because of an injury. But that being said, you know, we talk about availability. And in Ellerson Smith's case, not only did he come out of school early, but remember, he did not have a football program last year because of the virus, the pandemic. All right. So he has had whatever this ailment is that he's had that's kept him out of practice. He's missing a lot of valuable rep time. And at this point, you've got to wonder how much is he going to be able to give this team, considering he didn't play football last year and he hasn't really been able to get on the field to play football this summer. So, you know, initially when he was drafted, the thought was, oh, he's going to be, you know, a situational pass rusher. But again, he hasn't been out there. So, I don't know if IR is in his future. I don't know if practice squad is in his future. Maybe he'll get a spot on the 53-man roster. I just don't know right now, based on how things have gone, how can you justify putting him on the 53-man roster? 
when he hasn't been able to get out there. Now, maybe he'll get out there this week. I don't know, but um, certainly that is a problem for Ellison Smith. You got to get out there and you got to show the coaches what you got. Speaking of getting out there and showing the coaches what you've got, outside linebacker, edge rusher, O'Shane Zimenez is our final faller on the list. And he's another guy that really weird start to his career. I mean, he came in as a third round pick for the Giants. He was acquired, he was actually um, acquired via the pick that one of the picks that, that the Giants acquired in the Odell Beckham Jr. trade with the Cleveland Browns. And Zimenez was a guy who was intriguing when he first came in, even though he was from a small school, Old Dominion, he had some skills that were intriguing as a pass rusher. And his biggest thing following his rookie season was his play against the run. You know, he had to build up strength. He had to just build up a better skill set to defend the run. So fast forward to last year, he comes in you know, situational pass rusher, the run defense still not quite where you thought it would, where you will have liked it to have been. And then he gets the shoulder injury, which ends the season. Now we come to the spring and we come to the summer and he's on the pup list as of this recording, still on the pup lists with not something related to the shoulder, but with a hamstring strain. So. You're starting to wonder, you know, if you're watching this, you're starting to wonder, is this guy injury prone? Is he ever going to amount to anything? Is he going to fit in? You know, the Giants went and they added um, in free agency, Ifadi Odenabo. They drafted Aziz Ojulari. They signed Ryan Anderson, um, outside linebacker. You know, Lorenzo Carter is coming back. Where is Zimenez going to fit in? You know, you could say, oh, you can never have too many pass rushers, but where is this kid going to fit in when he finally gets on the field? And I would not be surprised if Zimenez, assuming he doesn't land on IR, because again, this, this hamstring, the longer this goes on, the more concerning it is. I wouldn't be surprised if he's cut and put on the practice squad if he passes waivers. So really a weird, weird uh, start to O'Shane Zimenez's NFL career. And we'll see if he gets back on the field, if he passes his physical, but uh, if he goes another week sitting on pup, I'm not counting on him for the season. So, all right, folks, that is going to do it for our risers and fallers edition of the podcast real quick before we sign off coming up tomorrow will be Twitter Tuesday. We have a bunch of questions from you guys and gals. And um, on Wednesday, the Giants, of course, have their fan fest, their scrimmage game. So on Wednesday, I'm going to do kind of a little expectation show, a preview, if you will. The scrimmage will be at night. So then that means on Thursday, I will have thoughts from the scrimmage on Thursday show. And then on Friday, we'll do a little bit of a preview for the Jets Giants preseason opener that is taking place on Saturday. So That's the plan for this week's shows. And of course, we will be on YouTube. We will also be wherever you find your audio podcasts. So that is not changing. And just a reminder, if you like the channel, hopefully you will subscribe, click that little bell to get notifications because I'll also be putting updates on the channel, little short updates. If something is breaking, they they will be on the channel as well. 
So make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. And of course, feedback is welcome. I'm still finding my way through this, but hopefully um, this will, I'll grow into this role and just become really good at this. So, all right, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Till tomorrow, have a great one.